0: There were two stats that I liked from the last week or so. We're now seeing, because of Hillsborough and the Stadium of Light and Fratton Park all being in the same division, the highest average third-tier crowds in 60 years, Yeah, Yeah. which says so much in so few words about the state of English football. Do you have a soft spot for any of the clubs who are trapped in kind of the fourth tier and will
1: um no not kind of no long-term soft spot but you do kind of, uh, you, you get a, a soft spot for teams uh who or maybe you like that you think the managers a good chap or he plays good football or or, or, or a team is on a, a run of you know just a run of doing something winning matches by uh, by by Three goals every time, so you kind of statistically want something to happen, continue to happen, so you can sort of point it out soon. You know. um, but I think it's quite nice to, you know, people people say, "Oh, isn't it terrible, Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, with great clubs now languishing in the in the third tier." But I think it's quite nice for generally. It would be a bit dull if only the very top, very the most followed teams would be in the top division and the next most followed teams in the second tier and so on i mean obviously that's the general principle so but, but it's nice to it's nice to have a yeah you know it just makes it sort of interest to look back on manchester united having the huge attendances uh, in um, 74 75 in the second division as, um, and then in uh a Newcastle and Tottenham just after the war, they're the biggest attendances of the the whole country, and they were in the, the second division as as was then. The problem is if if you get a club that obviously goes out of business, it's so badly run and plummets, or you know, you, you, obviously you don't want that. But but it, you know, a bit of movement. Uh, yeah, imagine Arsenal dropping to the, the championship for one season. I mean, how, how would, it would look so odd seeing Arsenal in the championship table. It would kind of you know, yes. just fire the imagination a bit. No, doubt no, they'd come straight back Correct. up. But it, yeah, defies, you know,
0: it just... defies the natural order. Um, I love the yeah, fact, exactly. I love the stat that Newcastle have not won the league since the foundation of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Again, brilliant. Yeah. It encapsulates what it is. <laughs> And as a, a fan of football, I mean, it's boring now to say, I keep going, yes, but what do you think of murder on Twitter? Because that's where we are now. And this sport, yeah. which of course had so much money, plummeted into it from your ultimate employer, brackets, <laughs> News Corporation, parent company of the times, close brackets. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've been very lucky for the last 25 years, because of the sun as well. The eyeballs on football... And the fact that we're now seeing Man United against Arsenal, we're talking on the first, this will go out on the third, and Arsenal-Man U is the second. Um, Yeah. Some of the... Alex Ferguson is very complimentary about the style of football Arsenal played. I'm sure without the TV money that David Dean and Irving Scholar uh, were so keen to push through with the Premier League, we wouldn't have the defining fixture of that era of the pre-oil... Fixture of Premier yeah. League history, uh, so so will you be yeah, watching yeah. United Arsenal? Is the question I wanted to ask.
1: Oh yes, yeah, well, I mean, I will watch anyway, but I'll be I'll watch every really every minute of every Premier League game. Obviously, you have to speed up at
0: times, you know, that you can fast forward of yep. twice the speed yeah, or yeah, six yeah. times the speed when the ball goes out of play, that sort of thing. But I mean, it's a bit tricky when it's on. Uh,
1: there are all that you've got six games on a Wednesday on Amazon Prime, and you can. I mean, uh, ideally, I'd kind of record them all and one, watch them one after
0: the other, but when, when it's on Amazon Prime, it's a bit tricky. But Twice um, a season, that's all it is. It's a headache. Yeah, yes, that's
1: right. English football is, is the is the richest in the, the world. Uh, I mean, it's a combination of uh, having um, a, a large number of, you, you know, being a very football, football nation, lots of football fans in the country, and it being relatively wealthy, so people can back up their... Um, their football fandom by actually paying out money. You know, uh, you go back to the 80s, 1980s, there was just as much interest, really, in football, I think. I imagine as many people would say they were into football, it's just they weren't... There was no real way you could... However you wanted to throw your money at the game, as as a consumer, there was you go to a match it was fairly cheap you you pay your license fee but you didn't have to pay anything extra on TV the the uh, there was no merchandise was very limited so but now now they, they're just kind of really uh giving their people in a relatively rich country football following country the chance to pay an enormous amount of money you know through television subscriptions or, or whatever and uh, and yeah the result is they just a huge, absolutely enormous amount of money. So the the, the, the standard of football is just extraordinary. Yeah. Really, the, the, the just an average Premier League game is just, just, uh, the, compared with uh, fifty years ago. I mean, it's what you'd expect though, because it's so much money has been thrown at it. It's at just, every level. Yeah, it's just, yeah, just mind. You know, it's absolutely mind-blowing. Often you you watch a game, and the, the commentator won't really be. Yeah, Occasionally, if somebody scores from thirty yards, they'll say, "Oh, brilliant!" You know, but, but I mean, every touch is extraordinary. This is you know, what James
0: just... did. You did you read that piece probably because it was next to yours in the Times? But James Gearbrandt's piece, one of the pieces of the year, and I hope he backs this up. Yeah. We don't recognise yeah. excellence. Yeah, funny enough, I, I, I
1: read it and I, I emailed him because I remember I said I remember uh, ten years ago I put I put in a column I um, I said. Uh, I'd noticed this kind of lack of praise of football and so I compared it with uh, one particular match I mean it was Manchester United Wigan I think uh, and, and, and only a whole 90 minutes
0: and only once did they really the competitors really go um, mm. g-
1: Re- superlatives, and maybe it was that's the analyst role.
0: role. Maybe they want Neville and Carragher to concentrate on that on Monday.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, well, and I, then I also compared that with a tennis match, just a oh. random Davis Cup, Ted match and uh, over a similar amount of time, and it was absolutely full of the commentators falling over themselves saying, "How did that person get the volley?" you know, get a backhand volley uh, while they're full stretch to their left and they got back and they would, you know, and if you didn't know anything about sport, you think, well, these tennis players are are absolute... um, uh, magicians and the footballers they've just kind of been dragged in off the street you yeah. know. This, so he, he he was fine I, I don't know wh- why it is but g- during commentaries and that's it yeah James was saying exactly that there's a, a kind of l- lack of uh, hyperbole I guess About yes, very odd. Well,
0: how very odd yeah. watch the football it's going to move I remember Matthew Side wrote this piece about David Silver's neck and I have never mm. forgotten it because it's so mm. true he is yeah. nubbed down to a kernel of a universal truth about why David Silver is such a great player. Uh, do you have a particular yeah. favourite player you like watching, past or present?
1: Interesting one. Uh, well, I mean, uh, the obvious one is Lionel Messi. I mean, yeah, uh, Lionel Messi, used to, he, it's almost like a... It's a bit like a, a bird. You look at a blackbird in your back they He's constantly on the lookout, moving their head, twitching, because they think at any moment some somebody's an animal's going to dive in and kill them, you know, so they and, and it's kind of Messi. It's an extreme of a footballer who just is constantly looking around. He's taking in, as Matthew Syed said in that piece, I think, taking in all the pictures, mental pictures, thousands of mental pictures, computing them and bearing in mind which directions the the other players on both sides are running and and the speed they're running and making these split-second calculations. And yes, you see uh, the likes of Messi doing that and it is... yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing to behold,
0: yeah. And yes, and when he does retire, people will uh, try and be in his orbit. But was it Guardiola said, Ronaldo's the best player on earth, Messi's the best player in the galaxy. And that is the argument. The yeah. best player in the world, by the way, is Iniesta, because he's actually scored in a World Cup final and won a World Cup. Yeah. The argument ends. <laughs> but, Um <laughs> A Football Fan's Guide to Europe, written with Daniel Ford, who edited GQ South Africa, came out in 2009. 60 teams with histories and non-football attractions, kind of an away day uh, commission. And you followed that up on a vintage press, uh, describing great goals in back of the net, with graphics from Rodney Murray. Uh, Messi, Pelé and Rooney were on the cover. I always yeah. like to ask when yeah. someone puts together a chronicle, a list. I think I asked Jim White which quotations he'd add in his book of quotations since publication. Would you add yeah. any great goals since the publication in 2012? Off the top of your head.
1: Oh, um, I would if I had to do it. Yes, if I was doing an update, I, I would kind of have to. I would go through everything. It's hard to think of one particular one, but absolutely, you'd go through. I remember when I did that book, I sort of. Went through um, as, as many kind of videos, best of this season, best of every Premier League season. You know, you get these programs occasionally, the 100 best goals of that season, that's it. Go through everything, go, go try and cover as much as possible, and obviously limit it to kind of top class football. It's just easier. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm not on that subject. It's interesting. A friend of mine emailed the other day and they kind uh, of what the why it was, but it was a goal from the the 70s, that was an FA Cup uh, match from the 70s. And whoever the commentator was, uh, it's funny going back to this topic about <laughs> getting excited about how players do, but he said, Oh, that's a, uh, it's been John Martin, oh, what a great goal. You probably you probably won't see another goal as good as that this season. And, and my, my friend's point was, Well, if that happened today, you, you, you wouldn't even say, you wouldn't even comment on the standard of goal. It was just absolutely routine, you know. So, in, in in many ways the standard of gold now is just so much so much better yeah. um so you so you have to kind of bear, so i was when i wrote the book i had to bear that in mind and, and not just cram it all with uh more recent goals although of course you, you're relying on footage to describe it in my my new shy you can't just go and re- newspaper reports of course so yeah and, of course, not every game was live on telly before, you know, or it was even recorded for, uh, say, the, the mid-'80s. Yeah, and, because and the of comedy. the lockout, yeah.
0: yeah. I was going to yeah. ask, do you ever talk to Duncan Alexander or Richard Foster or, indeed, John Motson or Angus Lochran, the statos of the British game? Yeah, yeah Dun-
1: Duncan Alexander, yes.
0: Uh, I. He was, yeah, at the for- forefront of Octa, so
1: when they were really kind of starting out, I remember when the, the times were very keen to get whatever Opta could do, so I was, yes, I was dealing with him a lot. Uh, then, I mean, they've, they've really gone on and, and uh, you know, done and, and brilliantly, so they're... they're, 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 they're I've the seen sound. how they do it.
0: They have a little tablet computer and they draw where the pass is and they click on events, yeah. if it's a pass or a goal or a shot on target. Yeah. It's very nerdy. Absolutely. It's less about football <laughs> than about data points, and I worry... Where, the, where we're heading because the future is a synthesis of wow that looks good and wow that yeah. is that has an expected assist point of 0.72 yeah yeah football
1: is um it's just constant drive to, to to measure football how good is a player how good was a player in this game who is the best and and really and it's ultimately you just there's no way of doing it really you, you can kind of get good indications but with, with football it's such a fluid game a low scoring game you know how do you I mean you can say I, I could say Messi's the best player I've seen but it's kind of hard to actually explain exactly quantify it you know you, you can say obviously if a player gets a hat-trick every game of his career then he's very good you know but but how do you measure it exactly I mean expected goals I think generally I quite like that idea and that uh, I'd say one of the, the weaknesses of the assessment of football games is that there's a the feeling that whoever won the game they must have deserved to because you know so whoever won the, or they get the, the the player on the winning team is man of the match which of course is is, is, is nonsense it can't be you know it's not necessarily that the best player happened to be on the team that scored the most goals you know. um, and and there's this feeling that uh, but but ex the expected goals, it kind of it comes away from that, and it, it's a more uh, dispassionate measure of how how teams actually did, how they actually fared. Again, there, you know, one or two flaws about it, but uh, but I quite like it. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. You're you don't want to have an analysis or a match report where all you're doing is saying this team, in the first half this team had an ex- all this player created 0.41 expected yeah. assists. Or even running, or they,
0: they outrun them or they outpassed them.
1: Yes. Yeah. Again, you've got to be careful. You know, I, I had, a, I remember when this sort of running and sprint uh, data yeah, yeah. became available, I remember the, the, the Times had access to it for a year or two. So it, it, was, it was interesting, you know, which team has run the furthest, which team sprinted the most. But what what... People would really want. So therefore, that shows that people who sprinted the most are the hard, hardest working, and the ones who didn't were lazy. And sure. you know, sure. sort of sure. it, it, just, it didn't stack up. You know, it's interesting. It shows a style of play. So if Leeds run more than everybody else over the season, it's kind of it's you know indicates their their style of play, and that's that's very interesting. But you can't say that they that that's. You know, they're just trying more, they care more or something. And there was always this... You have to be very careful with, with those sort of stats, yeah.
0: Yeah. I just had this idea for a piece. Which player brings you the most joy? I actually... Zion Messi scored a hat-trick in a Champions League game. The first two goals were brilliant. And the third was a tap-in. And the third gave me the most joy. I just laughed because it was him being in the yeah. right place at the right time. And it just proves that you need to be yeah. aware. But I don't know. Someone like Ruud yeah. van Nistelrooy or Gary Lineker... Not much joy, but functional. Zlatan, a yeah. bit of joy. Yeah. Uh, and if we stick on Manchester United, you saw Cantonar several times. I don't yeah. know if you ever met him.
1: No, I didn't meet him, but I yeah. saw him a lot, yeah. Reading
0: yeah. about the the four Ferguson sides, Cant- the joy yeah. that Eric Cantona brought me, he was my first favourite player. No one will ever say, unfortunately, Gary Neville had a big joy <laughs> quotient.
1: Yeah, and as you say, you said you laughed at Messi. That's a good measure. If you actually laugh, so I will watch a game where Messi's playing two or three games, two or three times in the game, you will actually laugh because you think, well, how on earth did... Did he do that, enough? did he see that? And the laugh quotient, I think, is a good, a good measure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll monitor that because Chelsea are doing brilliantly this season. Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool are doing great. Ralph Rangnick's Manchester United, as we speak, are undefeated, uh, and he's he is a proper stato. So I hope we have more of Rangnick. Um, I spoke to a guy called yeah. Karen Tejwani who's written a book on the Red Bull phenomenon. Uh, Rangnick's life is given a pricey there, and it's just another character, another German. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. But we have, uh, I should have said a lot earlier, uh, talking about all the money given to football, Twelve ninety-nine is what Bill Edgar's quirky football quiz book cost, published by Little Brown, one of the best. Um, I, or I, I went back through the last 18 months of your, your work. The fewest bookings for diving, four before April, and the most penalties scored before April. I don't know if that's regressed to the mean this season. Are you monitoring that as well? And also video assistance? which I don't want to talk about uh, so much. Anything,
1: the, the fewest bookings for diving, I, th- uh, I remember looking into that, that was during the, the lockdown, so so nobody was, there were, the, There were no fans there, and it was, I, yes, I remember it just, it stopped for, a, it was something like, I don't know, 20 rounds of matches with no booking for diving at all, which was just extraordinary. So, uh, that, that was significant, you know, as I am talking about significant and fun stats, well, that was significant. And, Statistically, it had to be, and there seemed quite a clear uh, explanation in that, uh, you know, referee. When somebody dives apparently, the the crowd goes mad, and the referee feels, uh, you know, feels he has to respond to the crowd, perhaps, or or the uh, the player falls over and and rolls around a bit, just to emphasise to say, look, I would, I was fouled I wasn't uh it wasn't just clumsiness the meant I fell over so you're playing up to the crowd you know you say look I was I was the wrong party here so again that can lead to um uh, more bookings for uh, for diving more diving I think so so that was yes remarkable how that finished and bookings for diving stuff no I haven't I, I will I, I think that the general impression i got is that it has restarted uh, to a certain extent the, the booking for the diving, but uh, I, I will check on that. Yes, I yeah.
0: do. Watford definitely but, um, got one the other week. I think it was either Dennis or King, one of them got booked. Yeah. Uh, there was that shameful stat that said Manchester City had scored more goals than Watford. Um,
1: yes, it was over uh, yes, eight, 18, uh, a run of 18 Watford games. Uh, Manchester City had scored more than Watford in that time yes because they played them twice and thrashed them 8-0 and uh, 6-0 in the cup final yeah I only
0: say that because we are playing Man City this weekend coming Uh, uh, without Ben Foster who injured his groin while playing in a charity game he has to go Uh, what a, what a mouthful. Yeah. Um, it's all right when we win, not when we lose. Um, but yeah. you, you write this, wrote this really good piece, Anthology Worthy, which is as big a compliment as I give in this football library. Uh, and you do get, Bill Edga, your football library membership card. I've given this to about 200 people. I don't know who you want on it. A figure in football who, whom you may have liked, or it could be a journalist or a reporter. So have a think on that. Um, yes. But you want more uncertainty on the pitch. You say that 1973 was the equilibrium period, the level playing field. Seven league winners in the previous seven years. Nowadays, the same three or four teams, it seems, are in contention for all three domestic trophies and soon all four or five European trophies with that. Um, Yeah. I don't know if it'll ever come back. I don't know if football will be a level playing field. Obviously, Lord Fink... Has been Finkelstein has been in charge of this review, but yes, I think we've passed the yeah, point. I don't term. know.
1: Yes, you can't see it happening anytime soon. Certainly, I mean it's it's a balance. You, you while you, you don't want the, the same team in, in other countries. It's been much more extreme where teams have won for ten years in a row. Rosenborg in Norway, or yeah. to Rigo in Latvia. I mean, that's just that's hopeless. It is quite nice, at least, to have. Long term, kind of big clubs. So so let's say uh, Arsenal lose to Port Vale in the FA Cup, then you know that's a big, that's a momentous uh, result. So, whereas if, say, every year there was a big draft and it all randomized again and the, the, the lower teams picked the, the better players, it's completely random, and then Port Vale beat Arsenal, you say, well, is that is that expected, or maybe it is? I don't know. I'll just check the teams. You know, it's nice to have some sort of uh, hierarchy of, of clubs long term. So, see, so it gives some sort of meaning to, to to football. I think. On the other hand, if it's the if, it's, if there's really only four teams who can who can win the league or. or Want a few more tabs to make it more interesting. So yeah, I think I was. Yes, yeah, so was it seven? Seven years in a row where, where where it changed was seven different teams had won the league in that period. Was it from? I think just looking here um, from sixty six. It was Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, Leeds, Everton, Arsenal, Derby. So seven in seven. So
0: that's the yeah. same thing that happened in the FA Youth Cup. Only one team, Crystal Palace, in the seventies retained the cup. It was a new winner every year before the elites right. came in in the 2000s. And I'm writing this right. book at the moment yeah. about the FA Youth Cup. And, uh... uh
1: right, yeah, well, that would, that would perhaps make more sense. If, if clubs weren't, I mean, I don't really, well, you, you will know if you're writing a book about it, if, say, in the, the, the 70s, clubs weren't uh, and 18 clubs weren't investing so much in the academies, then it would be much more random. Because, well, the kicker uh, is that really...
0: Blackburn Blackburn did very well when Jack Walker's money f- came to fruition in the 90s, yeah. and Chelsea right. won it. What was it? Seven years in eight, seven years in nine. Yeah. So it it yeah. just proves it's a QED. Whereas if you've yeah. got a, a blessed crop with a good coach, as Aston Villa yeah. had last year, we're going to see it. Yeah. I think I asked Man. I think I asked Wayne Barton or another Man U fan. What would you rather, United win the Champions League or United win the FA Youth Cup for the first time in ten years? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what I know what Richard Arnold wants. but...
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, well, probably the league. I think after uh, the, 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 the Premier League, after it would be nine years without without yeah. a success. <laughs> They went for the first uh, 25 years of my life they didn't win it. So I always think it's a, the best way around, because I, I follow Manchester United, uh, and followed by Dad, who we mentioned earlier, he, he supports them. And the first 25 years of my life they didn't win at all then, they won it 13 times in fairly quick succession. Had it been the other way around, then uh, that would have been, you were kind of condemned to constant misery, yes. you know, thinking it should be better than it is.
0: Although <laughs> Liverpool fans... Yeah. One Champions League, one UEFA Cup, many domestic cups. Misery. It isn't. Yeah. Um, I would. So th- this book, uh, Bill Edgar's quirky football quiz book, out now just in time for Christmas, prominently displayed in the quiz section of Waterstones Gower Street and possibly uh, in your local bookshop. Uh, please get it for Christmas because it means there will perhaps be another one. But I would suggest that your next book is based on a piece you wrote during lockdown. I think it was June. You say you kept a diary uh, with no games uh, with no games going on. And yeah. you, you say this, it, football places life's memories into slots. You remember what you were doing and who played football. And I, I'm sure that there are thousands of people who can contribute to that, be it weddings, bar mitzvahs. I remember Roy Essando scoring for Wickham yeah. the day of my bar mitzvah. I'll never forget it. It'll always be linked. <laughs> So right, I wonder yeah. if you, yeah. obviously you've got 50 hours a week stat crunching, but if you yeah. were, if this book does well, which it will, um, because of your appearance in the football library, will there be <laughs> another one?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I remember writing that, I remember it well, yes, that, that piece. It just means you can time event. I, I remember an um, obscure event, go walking to um, a church. I was, very, I was about eight years old. We, we used to go on country walks to old Visit old churches, things like that. Kind of, you know, a nostalgic memory. I remember the one thing, I wouldn't really know which year it was otherwise, but the one thing I remember is that um, Derby beat uh, Newcastle 4-2 that day. I remember Peter Jones, the radio commentator, describing Tommy Craig scoring a a penalty for for Newcastle on that day when when we were there. So 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 I can look it up. I know definitively that's exactly when we went on that long forgotten walk. You know, this, this hazy memory, and and it's quite. I, I I love being able to pinpoint when things happened in my life. Yeah, and I think that's fairly general. People say, "Oh, do you remember that holiday, that trip we went on to?" When was that? When and, and we try to remember exactly when it was, place it in your life, and and football. Uh, it allows you to do that if you are following football closely. Firstly, if you're following football closely, and the, the fact that football records are so clear, so
0: clearly set out, Oh, hang on! Uh, you can look it up very quickly. Hang on, I've got a great idea for a book. Football records. It's the number one in the chart on particular football fixtures. I've just had a frisson. And yeah. That's amazing. Football records. Yes. And after this Youth Cup book, and after this bit of football fiction that I'm writing, um, yeah. that's it. That's the book. Thank you for inspiring yeah. that. Uh, yeah. My my last question, and I'm really glad now. I bought for twelve ninety nine Bill Edgar's quirky football quiz book, fun for every sentient human being. Uh, who do you want on your football library card? Which figure in journalism or football?
1: I suppose let's go back to when I was uh, started following football. So nineteen seventy five to seventy six. So I guess a Manchester United player um how about gordon
0: hill ah very good i know wayne barton does a lot of chatter with gordon hill uh and right. if any manchester united fan doesn't know gordon hill they're not a true fan they're not a true red yeah. um because yeah. that that apparently he was a marvelous winger gordon hill
1: yes yeah, so a left left winger that's right yeah.
0: yeah yeah and the the final question i should say so we've got this long running Chain of unbroken Northeasterners. And if this particular manager doesn't get a job next season, there will be a new Northeasterner. Yeah. I would suggest Michael Carrick. Can you think of another uh-huh. player or manager from the Northeast who uh, would continue the chain? Yeah, um,
1: well, phew, uh, uh, I guess I mean, Jonathan Woodgate uh-huh. uh, uh, has. Although he was at uh, Real Madrid for once, he probably had a full season uh, out of the English game. There would need to be a yeah. I have to yes. I'll. I hope it won't happen. But if it does, then I'll. I'll be yes. Looking it up for a fourth one in the chain.
0: Yeah. Indeed. And I've, again, if if you want to find out through the medium of quiz who the first three links in the chain are, um, I can't remember which quiz it's in. Uh, be careful. Quiz three is the devious one. Uh, I will. <laughs> Um, I think my uh, mum's partner, who is 60, is the perfect target audience for this book, because I think he just about recognised Billy Wright. Um, if you don't yeah. recognise Maradona, you have no uh, accountants getting this book. But it's, it's a way to learn about football in a kind of QI way. It's, football's version of QI is the highest compliment I can give. John Murray says it's great. I'm sure Motti will get 5,000 copies for Christmas. Every, what does John Motson want for Christmas? John Watson wants for Christmas. Bill Edgar's quirky football quiz book. Have you got a file for this week? When is your copy due for Saturday's edition?
1: Uh, for Saturday, well, I usually send it by well, by Friday morning, and then for then for Monday again, it's it's Sunday evening around uh, around eight to eight thirty. So I try and uh, include quite a lot about the Sunday games as well. So you, obviously, you're in a real hurry trying to work out something of interest statistically from something that's just happened.